And we're live. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, and welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am the Tony Visick mentioned in the title. We come to you every day now at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's somewhat of a misstatement for we are off on Saturdays. Six days a week, count them, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, six days a week. At 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are your daily distraction of all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can just listen in. Uh, then we come to you uh, uh, live on video on uh, Comedy Schools on YouTube, and of course right here on Facebook Live. Uh, the show is built around three things. It's three ten poles that hold this world up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is uh, your questions and comments posted on the aforementioned social media sites. Uh, so do comment and do ask questions. We will attempt to comment back or answer you. Uh, we also oftentimes have some knickknack, doodad, memorabilia, book, magazine, article, periodical, uh, bobblehead, curiosity, curio, memento, laying around here in the home office that we share with you and then try to weave a story around. And also we then uh, feature one or two artists, our piece of music, Based off our, off our vast vinyl album and CD collection, compact disc collection. Uh, it is a Friday, Friday, Friday. Hello, Tina, Mike Lawson. Hello, Randy Ioma. Hello, the whole uh, Living on a Thin Line family is beginning to gather for our little, uh, our little daily break. Denise, uh, Denise Payne Yoga. Yoga is not um, her last name. Yoga is what she does, and she's darn good at it. Um, Denise Payne is here. Hi, everybody. Uh, it is Friday. Uh, the weekend is upon us. Uh, I don't know how for how it is for you guys. It's not a boatload different from the rest of the week for me. As a matter of fact, sometimes we get a little busier. As a matter of fact, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Friday, 7.30 Mountain Standard Time, I will be featuring um, the online show I've been doing now since March, which is Class Clowns. It is the longest-running comedy showcase in the Valley of the Sun. Now brought to you through the world of Zoom to the entire world. Through the world of Zoom to the entire world. It's not a very good sentence. Um, we're doing it tonight at 7.30. If you're interested in viewing some brand new first-timers doing their very first show, and then some wily, cagey, humorous veterans as well, then um, write me at comedyschools at hotmail.com, comedyschools at hotmail.com, or messenger messenger. Messenger me at Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, and uh, I will send you the link for tonight's show. That's not all we're doing this weekend. Oh, no. We're doing so much more. Um, first off, as we speak, every once in a while, while I'm talking, you may hear a hammer a-knocking or a drill a-drilling or a, a drummer drumming or some lords a-leaping or a partridge in a pear tree. No, you might hear some uh, hanging and banging because we are having... Solar panels, after 15 years in this home, I'm finally having solar panels attached to the roof so that we can uh, join the ranks of uh, progressive climate crisis uh, helpers. Now, we're not helping the climate crisis. We're trying to not help the climate go into crisis. Uh, but I've got a weird roof. With like, uh, they, say, they said your roof is too gabled. And I said, I, the Clark Gable's never been on my I bad joke. Just erase that entire joke. My roof is too gabled, but uh, finally they have found a way to put solar panels on the top of my uh, roof. So uh, instead of having the cool kind of southwestern look on my roof, that sort of orangey 
kind of roof that I always liked. It'll be covered in solar panels, but it will uh, supposedly save us money and we won't be burning up so much electricity. So uh, that way, uh, developers can build even more houses out here because there's more electricity available. <laughs> um, anyway, we're having that done. Tomorrow at 1 p.m., I'll be finishing up, finishing up my, the final class of my beginning workshop live in person at JP's. And then Sunday at 5 p.m., if you're in the greater Gilbert area, we are doing a live class clown show at 5 p.m., Tickets for that are only $15. Uh, fly in now. Make a weekend of it. You know, go to all the good Goodwills throughout Greater Phoenix. We got the best Goodwills. We got the best dollar stores. We got the best 99 cent stores. That's what we got here now. It's the new economy and we're ahead of it. We're ahead of it. The new economy is don't make any new stuff. Let's just keep, you know what? I don't think, I think right now if they went, all right, boom, we're not making any new stuff for like a year. I think we'd be okay. I don't know how that would disrupt the economy, manufacturing and shipping and stuff. That'd probably hurt. And I'm not looking to hurt anybody. But um, as far as uh, the supply chain, I think we got a lot of stuff. And I think if we just said, all right, we're not buying a new TV or a new car or a new Cuisinart, you know, or a new radio or a new uh, phone or anything for the next year. If America just went on that break, we'd be able to be more efficient by just buying all the junk everybody's got. Because remember, one guy's junk is another guy's jewel. One guy's junk is another guy's jewel. I think that's a country song. So um, anyway, I don't know. I, I got off track there. Sunday, Sunday, 5 p.m., JP's uh, Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com. Come on in. Uh, that's it. Make a weekend out of it. Go to all of our secondhand stores. Man, we got the secondhand stores. And uh, come on in and then catch a show at 5 and then fly back home. Or drive or hitchhike or take a train or a boat or a plane. I don't think you can take a boat anywhere from Arizona to anywhere else. We don't have uh, the Colorado River's all dammed up now. And going upstream would be a booger. All right. I've just rambled on nonsensically for the last few minutes. Uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, great shows at JP's this weekend where uh, the, one, the one and the only Jim Perry will be taking tickets. Uh, per uh, Jim Perry, uh, the man who puts uh, salt on his pizza, will be taking your tickets. And um, veteran Phoenix and national comic James Hoincheck will be the headliner. So going under, you'll have fun. Uh, let's see who else is here. Kevin Brown is here. Angela Fox is here. Uh, shoes and underwear new every time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you could, uh, you could get uh, used shoes and used underwear. And uh, I think you'd be okay. I think we, we have to, if we took one for the team. If we took one for the team. So that's all the rambling on. Uh, I haven't had the news on a lot today. I've been up in the office. I was coming to the office with a plan to do something to help business. And then I just end up paying bills. And then I'm looking at the phone bill and I'm going, I've already paid this. Have I paid this twice already? Looks like I paid the phone bill twice. It might be ahead of the game. And then the next thing I know, it's time to talk to you so here we are uh what have i got here to show you today uh we've been talking about there's a comic book store that has opened up in maricopa and that will be that will be the financial death of me and also i got an eight-year-old grandson and when i go in there with him he gets that kind of thing you know the kind of thing where you realize you're in kind of like a cool place where your shoulders kind of drop and your eyes focus a little bit you're just looking around you know and uh, then he'll come over to comic book and go hey grandpa look at 
they got they got this. It's right here. It's only uh, three ninety nine, and you can't say no. You can't say no. So uh, I'm desperately going through my uh, comic book collection. That's right, sixty five with a comic book collection, and it is a collection, just like the bobbleheads are not a collection. The comic books are, and uh, seeing what I can sell back for store credit. This one I won't be selling. Uh, this is kind of cool. Any of you that are comic book fans, this is look at that a Superman. That is a Superman comic. That's right. A Superman comic from 1958. This one only cost 10 cents. By the way, it was in the early 60s, around 1963. If I scream, it's because a cat just jumped on me. It's because a cat just jumped on me. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen. You probably want to see him. Is that why you came up here, Ray? So because you Ray, the Wonder Cat, getting bigger and bigger all the time, healthy as a horse, and now terrorizing the entire neighborhood. Um, and he just wants to be a part of. He just wants to be a part of. And by being a part of, sometimes he climbs up on me and takes a part out of me. Back to the comic book. This is Superman from 1958. This is the classic Superman, the one that if you are of a certain age, that you and I, that we all grew up with, the one who was uh, absolutely clean-cut, clear-eyed, all-American. Uh, this one comes from 1959. This is Superman number 132, October 1949, published monthly with the exception of March, June, September, December. <laughs> so it's not. It's not published by, by National Comics uh, Publication. And uh, there's some about Dickey Streets here. I don't know. Uh, this periodical, this is what it says on it, by the way. You're a little kid and you're reading this. This periodical may not be sold except by authorized dealers and is sold subject to the condition that it should not be sold or distributed with any part of its cover or markings removed, nor in a mutilated condition, nor affixed to, nor part of any advertising, literary, or pictorial matter whatsoever. That meant, man, once you got it, you had to keep it. Once you got it, you had to keep it. You couldn't sell it. Do you remember going in some stores, though, where, like, the top half was torn off? I'm going to have to think about that a little more. Uh... On the back, by the way, check this out. On the back, by the way, extra money for anything, extra money for anything you want to buy. And there's a two uh, two kids of the '50s right there riding bicycles. It's a boy and a girl. Uh, and this is you make as much as fifty cents to one hundred twenty-five dollar on every Midwest Christmas card assortment. So this is one of those deals. They got us all in trouble when we were kids. Grit, America's Paper, Stamp Collections, uh, Christmas Card Sales. And they would send you a whole bunch, a whole bunch of Christmas cards that you were supposed to go out and sell. Of course, you never got them sold, and they sat around, and your dad spilled his beer on them. And there was some sort of flood in the bathroom where they were, and they got all wet, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, you're getting bills for Christmas cards. And you start off life in debt. Uh, Tina Mike Ross say no x-ray glasses. Let me see here. Christmas cards in the back. Oh, hold on. Not that, but look at this. Oh, be a man. <laughs> Don't be held back by half a man body. Uh, this is, uh, was this Joe Weeder? I can't make a, a Charles Atlas. Charles Atlas and their bodybuilding programs there. 
that uh, every pencil neck boy who was reading a Superman comic who uh, really knew that uh, we all felt like Clark Kent, but all felt like we had Superman in us. Right there, Charles Atlas, Grit, Christmas cards. There was all these little ads in here. Uh, this particular Superman comic was, what would Superman's other life had been if Krypton had not exploded? This amazing story tell, uh, lets you grow up on the planet Krypton with Superman from childhood, the manhood. Not the manhole. Did I say the manhole? To manhood in three great parts. Superman has been an important part of American culture since the early 1930s. Batman, important part of American culture since the 1930s. The superhero, an important part of 20th century American culture. Important part of making all of us who read them, all of us who read them, felt like that there was something special inside us that could burst out any time. All of us being able to feel like that the story was written for us because it's about an odd person, a geek, Clark Kent, a mild-mannered guy, uh, a four-eyes, someone who wore glasses, who was laughed at and kind of pushed around, who as soon as he went to a phone booth, popped out and became Superman. These were important characters, and they were all based on a French character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel, and I don't have the author's name in front of me right now because I didn't realize I was going to talk about it, is the story of a dandy, a fop in the British court, a simpering wimp <laughs> who writes poetry and hangs out with the ladies. But at night, he and his crew get on a boat and go across the English Channel and, and save the French aristocracy from the depredations of the French Revolution, from Robespierre and his madmen who are chopping people's uh, heads off of guillotines. That is the original superhero, the Scarlet Pimpernel. And the original superhero was about protecting the established order that the people who had overthrown the French king and decided that they wanted to be able to govern themselves were the villains and the royalty that had ruled over them callously and cruelly were the real victims. All that being said, it's a pretty cool story and there's a movie with Leslie Howard called The Scarlet Pimpernel. And if you uh, ever want to, uh, if you don't feel like reading the book, if you don't feel like the book, check it out. So in a sense, that's what superheroes have always been about. Been about protecting the established order. Whether you think that's good or bad, right or wrong, that's what it's about. They are not revolutionaries. They are, in a sense, uber patriots. Fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. And boy, we all grew up with Superman. How long would your love affair with Superman last when you were a little boy? Yeah, until the testosterone kicked in. Until the girl's hormones started moving. And then all of a sudden, those comic books went by the wayside. Now, you couldn't sell them. It said it right in the magazine. You don't want to get in trouble for selling the magazine. So you shove them in a box someplace. So why don't you have them now? Because your mom threw them out. The number of people I know go, man, if I had my comic book collection, it'd be worth a fortune. If I had my well, first off, it may or may not. 
I had the second Spider-Man. Uh, Angela, uh, Angela Fox says, Scarlet Pimpernel, Baroness Emma Orzi. Uh, here in the uh, comments, ladies and gentlemen, Angela Fox was kind enough to find the author of the Scarlet Pimpernel. So uh, Scarlet Pimpernel is actually Superman or Batman. More, more closely related, I think, to, uh, well, uh, uh, his daytime persona being Clark Kent and his nighttime persona being uh, Batman because he had no superpowers, and Batman had no superpowers. So uh, it's interesting how this has become, this is still an important part of American culture. But your mom threw out your comic books. Your mom just tossed them out. Why? I didn't think you wanted them anymore. You don't seem to want dinner because you don't come over and visit anymore. The landfills of America are filled with lost fortunes of mere mortals. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I just, I found that as I was going through some stuff. Uh, by the way, if you're collecting comic books, uh, and I don't know why you would, but uh, it, around 1962 or 63, they went up to 12 cents uh, across the board, except for some of the EC comics, I think. They weren't up to 12 cents before that. They were a dime. I remember that was a big deal. 12 cents. Uh, you know, I save a dime. My mom and dad only give me a dime every week for comic books. Now we're not giving another two cents. We'll give you a dime. And why are these people raising the price anyway? Uh, but we found that two cents and we bought. Uh, around the time that I stopped reading them, I think they went up to a quarter, which I still think is a ridiculous goddamn price for a comic book. Um, okay. So... I haven't watched the news a lot today, but what I did see was uh, Peter Navarro, who works for uh, one Donald John Trump, soon to be ex-president of the United States, saying that uh, they were preparing for a second Trump administration. You know, as much as if you're liberal or counterculture and you seem to hate the United States, we don't. If you're liberal or counterculture, you love the United States because you know Something other people don't seem to know. The United States is one giant party. There's a party going on all the time. We are the first party nation since the Romans. Los Angeles, the last time anybody ever had is that much fun on the history of this planet was in Pompeii before it got wiped out by a volcano. We are a nation dedicated to fun, and fun demands some sort of order. Serious people have to run things for everybody to have fun. And these people in the White House right now are not serious people. They sound silly. They sound stupid. They sound ridiculous. They are embarrassing. We're preparing for a second trip. He's not going to win. And let me say this to all my friends here in Arizona. Man, sometimes you don't know if your vote makes a difference. Well, damn it. It's made a difference in Arizona, hasn't it? Just a few thousand votes. I think right now Joe Biden's up by 11,000 with 10,000 to be counted. Do you understand that? That means if the 10,000 that are out, are out right now all came for Donald Trump, Joe Biden still wins. It could have shifted one way or another so, oh, so very easily, as most of our presidential elections do nowadays. Hey, if it was for Ohio, it would have been President Mitt Romney. So I know there's days that you feel weird, you feel alone, you feel anonymous, you feel strange, you feel like you don't matter, you feel like you don't count. But if anything, 
showed anybody anything in this last election, your vote counts. Your vote counts. And if you voted for Joe Biden, you made a difference. You know what? If you were Donald Trump, I assume you were trying to make a difference as well. But if you went out and voted for Joe Biden, you made a difference. If you got that early ballot or if you braved a long line someplace in your town, you made a difference. And I want to thank you. All right. Talking about stuff that made a difference. Uh, let's talk about the music, shall we? Let's get to the music. Um, normally, all right, I talk about a lot of different music and bands uh, on this show. A lot of different music, a lot of different singers, a lot of different bands. Um, here's one that uh, we normally don't talk about, but I think it's important to talk about. That is the OJs, ladies and gentlemen. That is the OJs. That is the OJs. And on this album... Uh, this is the OJs in London, so it's live recordings uh, with their big hits. And, of course, what we're going to recommend, and everybody should listen to, like, if you don't like 1970s R&B, I get it, you know. Uh, if you don't like 1970s soul, if you don't like country, if you don't like I get not liking certain genres of music, and that's how you define yourself. But if you listen to Love Train and it doesn't put you in a good mood, seek professional help. The song we're recommending today is by the OJs, and it is Love Train. And it is one of the coolest songs to come out of the 70s, coolest songs to come out of the R&B uh, uh, era. Uh, just as cool, if not cooler than anything came out of Motown. The OJs, there were three. When you talk about rhythm and blues of the 60s and 70s, when you talk about, uh, oh, I just got a message here. I got to stop. Kirk Nurmi, uh, our good friend, a uh, very funny comedian and uh, counselor to law, said AZ and Georgia are now called for Biden. 306 electoral votes. Georgia and Arizona have flipped. And that's big news, buddy. Big news. Uh, let's get back. Uh, thank you, Kirk, for telling us that. Let's get back to the OJs for a second. There were three, maybe four, Big centers of African-American music in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Everybody knows Motown. Everybody knows Barry Gordy and Motown. And man, you can't not know Barry Gordy and Motown from Diana Ross and The Temptations and Smokey Robinson. But there were other ones. Down in Memphis, there was Stax. That's where uh, uh, Booker T and the MGs, all those great uh, albums came from. That's where Otis Redding came from. Up in uh, Chicago, there was Chess Records. Incredible stuff. But there was also the Philadelphia Sound. The Philadelphia Sound. And two of the most important components of the Philadelphia Sound were Harold Mel Melvin and the Blue Notes and the OJs. There were others, but Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, who I absolutely love, and the OJs. The OJs had knocked around for years and years and years and years and years as a quintuplet. Five guys, and had some hits, but still were in debt and were struggling. In the early 70s, two of the original uh, members left, and just uh, they became a trio. And then they got signed by Philadelphia International Records, I believe is the name of it. And that's when they had two of their biggest hits, The Backstabbers and Love Train. They had other great hits, too. So if you're not a 70, if you don't listen to the radio anymore, and you don't listen to R&B, you don't listen to uh, soul stations, you're not going to hear this, but they had other great songs that if you were from that area, remember, used to be my girl, 
It's a very cool song. Uh, I'm trying to look here. Backstabbers, of course. I just want to give you a couple more. Uh, used to be my girl. I love music. Love Train and Backstabbers. Man, those were their monsters. But Love Train, it's just a song that I just love. It's fun. Yeah, it wasn't my music. I didn't go out and buy it. I didn't hang out in the clubs where that was played. I didn't hang out in those dance places. But that song has stayed with me forever. And I think right now, for the weekend, we need a feel-good song. They were together all through the 50s, all through the 60s. I mean, the late 50s, all through the 60s. Two guys left. And then in the 70s, they had their biggest, biggest, biggest success. And a version of them still tours today. A version of them still tours today. And I'm glad that they do because we need more OJs out there in the world. We certainly do. And we need more songs like Love Train. So that's the song that we're recommending today. Shirley has put it in the comment section. I will put it in the titles as soon as the show's over. I urge you when we do this to go ahead and just click on the songs. They're little two, three-minute songs. They might be songs that you loved in the past and totally forgot about. They might be songs that you overlooked in the past and now you get to revisit them again. They may be songs you never heard of and then you listen to them and go, wow. There was something else going on than what I'm listening to right now. So I want you all to get on the Living on a Thin Line train and listen to Love Train when we click off. All right, we are off until Sunday at 2 p.m. We will see you then. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're, uh, we're not going to be busy, okay? And if you want to see us live, you can see us live tonight on Zoom. All you have to do is write me at comedyschoolsandhotmail.com. Uh, you can see us on Zoom. Uh, Sunday, you can see us live at JP's Comedy Club jpscomedyclub.com. We're around. You stick around too. You stay safe out there. All right, that's it. Bye-bye.